Are you a small business owner and your business finances give you a headache? Tune in to hear the wisdom of my very own bookkeeper. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. You made it. ¿Qué tal? How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I am pumped about this guest you're going to meet today. Not only is she a beautiful human being inside and out, and I mean that, but she is a very wise bookkeeper who has simplified my business finances and in turn has made my life easier. Let me give you a quick inside scoop. For years, I mean for years, I did my own bookkeeping and it was a pain. But I had the mindset, why pay someone else for something that I can do? Then Andrea Rotondo, the owner of Liquid Sense Bookkeeping, entered my life and I have been able to see my business finances in a new light. I really have learned so much. And today we're going to discuss why having those business finances organized matters after we get to know her and her money story. Of course, right? If you are a small business owner, you need to keep listening. And if you aren't, you need to still listen because you are going to absolutely love Andrea. Lista? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Andrea, one of my favorite people. I'm so happy. Oh, thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jen, so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. Well, this is exciting for me because I've known you for a little bit. And it's interesting because even though I've known you for a bit and now you've become my bookkeeper for my business, I'm excited about this because I'm going to be able to dig in a little more personally, <laughs> only until, you know, unless you say no, let's not go there. Of course, I respect <laughs> that. but let's start with what we usually talk about on this podcast, and that's our money story, our past money story. So take us back in time to maybe cuando eras una niña, or maybe it was a teenager, maybe some specific memory that really impacted you in terms around money, something that you saw or heard, experienced? Take us back. Yeah, for sure. I think the whole money story that kind of like built who I am today has two parts. One being my dad was always a business owner. I'm from Ecuador. My whole family's from Ecuador. I lived in Ecuador until I was 16. And then we moved here. So my entire childhood and some of my teenage years were over there where he had his own business. And one of my favorite things to do was to go and be, I don't know if I 
thought about it as play, but kind of like be at the cashiers or the la caja, you know, that's how we call it. And I would always want to receive the money and write down la factura or the receipt and just give it to them. Everything was cash. So I loved that interaction with the customer and figuring out how much money to give back and kind of like helping everybody that came into the store to feel welcomed. And I would have my own phrases that I would come up with, like bienvenido, blah, blah, blah. How can I help you? So that was one of those things. And I don't necessarily remember or think that my parents taught me specifically how to do those things. Like, oh, this is how you do the receipt. They gave me a lot of freedom. And most of it was just me watching my dad or my mom do it. The other side of things, which I guess is rooted in this is that I kind of had my own businesses when I was little (laughs) without thinking of them as businesses. I was probably eight years old, maybe when I would make jewelry, I would go to the store with my mom. She always took me everywhere. Okay, what kind of products or supplies do you need? And she would take me to the best store with the best prices to keep the cost low. (laughs) And I would make jewelry like earrings or bracelets and I would sell them to my neighbors so I wouldn't really go anywhere far it was just my neighbors and they probably just bought it out of pity you know like this little girl (laughs) let's just buy it and then I brought that into my school which wasn't allowed I'm not necessarily proud of that decision of breaking the school's rules but I made good money I started selling (laughs) candy and just things that I baked to my friends. That's how I kind of like had this concept of money that it was, you can make money, you can make a lot of money if you really wanted to, you have to be smart about your expenses and things like that. But also, it felt comfortable. It wasn't a scary whole concept of money. I wasn't fearful of it. I think Also, partly because my dad never told me the bad side of things, which now I don't necessarily think that it's the best thing to do. But my parents were very good at shielding us from the bad things. So I always thought that if something happens, whatever, my dad was just going to figure it out and we were going to be fine. So yeah, my mom took me to the bank one day so that I could open my own savings account because she saw that I was making money with my necklaces and my chocolates. So she was like, okay, let's go to the bank and open your own bank account. I made a lot of money. You know, a fifth grader, I had a lot of money. (laughs) That is kind of how, you know, my upbringing was with money. It was always like, you spend money, you make money, you spend money, go make more money. And it was, like I said, it was never a scary thing to think about. Now, I'm curious, because you mentioned you were from Ecuador. You were there until about 16 years of age. So I'm curious, how was that transition for you? Because you're already a teenager. You pretty much were 
most of your childhood was in Ecuador. So once you moved or you immigrated to the U.S., how was that transition for you as a family? And what did you observe financially? Like maybe were there some struggles? Was it easy adapting to the system, how it is here? What did you see that you would like to share? Yeah, I think at that point, I wasn't really aware of all the finances and the struggles that my parents were going through. Because at that point, my parents decided to move here to basically switch my dad's business instead of having it over there. He was going to have it over here. It was going to mean more profit. But in the whole process and transition, it was very tough. For me, I was very confused. I wasn't necessarily intimidated by the currency itself because we used dollars in Ecuador. So it wasn't that tough to kind of switch to a whole new country in terms of money. But what was very tough was learning the whole system. My dad opened his business here. And after I graduated from high school, I actually went to work with him. And I was in the office, I was handling all the bank accounts, all the calls with everybody, all the clients, whoever needed to speak in English would talk to me, (laughs) all the paperwork and all the administrative things that have to happen in a business. That was me. So even though it was very, in a way, confusing and frustrating and overwhelming, especially as a teenager, it also equipped me because I was the one doing the thing. I had no other choice than to figure it out, than to learn and make it happen. Again, I think that just fed me unconsciously because I think that I was always a very fearful person. I have always been very reserved. I'm not an extrovert. I'm very quiet. I like to kind of stay behind the scenes of things. But all of those experiences helped me be comfortable and handling money, thinking about money. If I have to take a loss, it doesn't hurt me as much because I always have that feeling of it's going to be okay. And in there, while you were helping your dad in his business, do you think that led somewhere to become a bookkeeper? Because you mentioned you were in the business. Did that cross your mind at that time? I mean, you were 16. Maybe you didn't know about bookkeeping, but do you think that experience that you had in his business was something that later on you realized, I do want to become a bookkeeper? I honestly never thought, (laughs) like many business owners, like, no, I don't want to be a business owner. I never, never thought that I was going to do my own thing. I think partly because of seeing my dad and all the effort and all the toll that it took on him. When we lived in Ecuador, my dad's business was still over here. So he had to travel a lot. And as a kid, I didn't like that. I didn't enjoy the fact that my dad had to be gone for so long. So I always looked whenever I looked of business as something for me, I never wanted it. But I do think for sure that the skills that I learned and being kind of like the one in control, not only helped me decide, yeah, this is something that I want to do, but also something that I want to do as a business owner instead of being hired in a job. Got it. 
And I get that. And I'm curious too, because you mentioned the skills that you've learned. Talk to us a little bit about what those skills were, because at this time you said you had no interest, didn't even think about becoming a business owner. So what were those skills that you learned while working and or helping your dad in his business? I think the biggest thing that I gained from that is if I had to talk to somebody, I had to do it. Even if ever I was afraid, I have always been very shy. Like I told you, I have always been very fearful and just being there and having to talk to adults, <laughs> you know, in English, although I didn't know the language, you could still hear my accent. So can you imagine my accent, you know, 15, I don't even know how long that was ago. So I was very fearful. I was very shy and it was tough. People didn't take me seriously. I also look a lot younger than what I am. So if I was 18 at that point, I probably looked like I was 15. And talking about thousands of dollars, people never took me seriously. So I had to kind of like come out of my shell and number one, learn what I had to figure out. And that definitely helped me be a little bit more proactive and understand that if I don't know something, I can't just sit down and hope for somebody to come save me kind of thing that I have to go and learn, especially as an immigrant, especially as a, you know, Latina, I have to go and find solutions and answers. And yeah, and the personal, like the soft skills of talking to people, I have always been very interested in wanting to help somebody feel better than how they just you know, when I said hi, and then when I said bye, I want them to leave feeling better. And I was able to do that. I was also able to learn managing a team. My dad had employees, so I had to talk to them. And I was always looking out for their best interest. So I think the biggest thing was the people aspect, you know, like reminded me that even though I am young, and I'm a girl and everything, I still have a position, very, very blessed to be in that position to help others, not only with their jobs, not only looking after their best interests, but in little things like helping make somebody smile and feel better. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. As I've been listening to you that I have found interesting because you've mentioned how much of a toll the business took on your dad. And you've also mentioned when you were a child about, it sounded like you just like to handle money. You like to earn it. You like to give the receipts. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Those are, I think, some signs of bookkeeping because <laughs> especially what I see in you and just working with you, because 
you said something about feeling better, being like in a better space. And I think that is something that I think you do or bring as a bookkeeper, right? So I just find just some interesting observations and listening to you and knowing what I know about you and the work that you do. And so let's talk about that in terms of bookkeeping. What was the time? Because you're also a military spouse. So you've done the moves and everything. So what led you to become a bookkeeper? Were you like me that I started? (laughs) I started as a biology major, thinking I was going to become a dentist, but here we are. (laughs) When you started studying Yes, bookkeeping. This is for me. Did you start somewhere else that has nothing to do with bookkeeping? Tell us about how your career evolved. Yeah, it's again like so many entrepreneurs, just like you. My degree is in totally something else. My degree is in psychology because originally my thought was to become a counselor or a therapist. Again, rooted in the whole thing of like, I want to help people. I want to empower you. I want you to leave better than how you came. And I have a lot of years of volunteering in my local church. We were involved with the high school group. That's how I met my husband. Actually, we were both leaders there. It was great. It was awesome. We loved being there. We loved just spending our time, energy, effort, resources, everything that we had just to help the kids that were in our group. But then my husband joined the military, he joined the Coast Guard, and we had to leave. And that was a whole new thing. As you know, it's a whole new world being in the military. I didn't know a lot of it, although my grandfather was in the military, but he was in Ecuador, and that my husband's grandfather was in the military, but in Italy. So although we come from like that history of like, oh, your grandfather did this and he did that, it was not here. <laughs> so <laughs> there was not much that we could do with relating to that experience. And we were in it. I was able to finish my degree while my husband was working. I was home. I got pregnant. I had my first daughter. That's when I had to quit my job because my pregnancy was super, super tough. (laughs) So I just couldn't go to work anymore. I had to stay home. And that was the last job that I had related to social work. I finished my degree a week before my second baby was born. And I realized that I was not going to be able to do it. I was not going to be able to pursue my degree in social work or anything of that world because of the licensing issues, which if you're a military spouse and you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Every state requires their own things. And when your job or your degree requires those state things, it's very tough to know. You know, like my school was asking me at that point, okay, so what state are you going to be in next month or next year? Because this program is only for specific states. Wow. Of course, I didn't know how (laughs) you never know how long you're going to be where you are. You don't know where you're going to be next month or next year. So I just decided to finish in psychology. And I was not going to continue pursuing a degree. Then we kind of like took a pause in the sense of the way that we were doing live. And I think that partly COVID, not necessarily we're thinking already before a little bit of that, but we wanted to build our life differently. 
we knew that the way that life was for us, although it wasn't bad, we wanted something different. And that meant that my husband was going to get out of the military. So with enough time in advance, we started planning two years in advance. I decided I don't want to go back and have a job because I don't want to leave my babies. I want to have my own thing. My husband, he has always told me, just like you told me, you have always been doing this since you were little and you had your business and you did this. You have to have your own thing. I always said no until I said yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking, what should I do? What should I do? I didn't know. I was lost. I was going to go back to social work. And out of nowhere, a friend was visiting us. He told me about bookkeeping. And I was like, what? This sounds like something I can do. This is perfect for me. I love doing the work. I love being behind the scenes. Like I said, I am good at this. Having my own business freaks me out. This is so scary. But let's do it because this still is better than me having to go find a job. So I did it. I took a training, in my opinion, the best training out there for bookkeeping. I did all the things. And here I am. I love it. (laughs) And like I said, it's interesting just hearing you talk because especially you want to, as you've said it a few times, maybe in different ways, you want to help people be in a better spot than they were before. And that's what bookkeeping definitely does that. This is where you're supposed to be, (laughs) I think, just based on everything you said. And I'm also curious more in terms of bookkeeping, because with your career in bookkeeping, what have you taken from that and applied to your own personal finances? Because you help other business owners keep their books, their, their finances in order. But what have you taken just in your experience and applied to your own personal finances that you weren't doing prior to being a bookkeeper? That is such a good question. I think that what I'm doing now, it's going to sound funny, but involving my husband more because I have always taken care of our finances. (laughs) I've always had the, I guess it's just, it's inside of me. There's no way around it. Like I've always been taking care of my finances. I have always been looking at numbers and keeping track of things and all that beauty. But now partly because of what I'm doing and partly because of the new stage that we're in and we're not in the military and we're building things and planning things, we're having a lot more conversations And like you said, that's what I do with my clients that I want to have a meeting with you. You know, I want to have a meeting with you and tell you what's going on. And I also want to hear from you and maybe together we can help you get to a better place. And that's exactly what I do with my husband. Instead of just me taking a passive position in the finances in terms of just taking care of it and handle, you know, paying the bills and things like that, because I truly enjoy it. Now I'm having more proactive and active conversations with my husband of what do you think about this and where should we put this chunk of money and let's do this and let's do that. Right. I love it. And I'm curious before we wrap it up too, is as a bookkeeper, because there's probably people listening that either have businesses or 
are contemplating, do I need a bookkeeper or not? Maybe they're just at the beginnings of starting their business. Maybe the money isn't there. So it's a twofold question. What are some things that you as a business owner can be doing right now to make life easier in terms of keeping your own books? Number one. And number two, when is it critical when you say this is the time to get a bookkeeper? Yeah, I think that as a business owner, it's so important, not only for compliance, you know, with the IRS, you have to pay your taxes, you have to tell the IRS how much money you made and how much money you spent. But as a business owner, whether you're making $10 or whether you're making $10 million, you have to know where your money is coming from. You have to know where your money is going. And sometimes for some people, a spreadsheet does the trick. Sometimes other people don't like spreadsheets. So it's hard for me to tell you, you know, this is a good tip because a lot of it is also part preference. Not everybody likes to handle math, although... I personally don't think that being good at money has to do anything with math. That's usually what people say. Oh, you know, I'm so bad at money because I'm so bad at math. That's not correct. Just like you can learn anything in life, you can learn the skills for you to manage your money better. Before even getting down to like, okay, this is what you should be tracking and this is how a spreadsheet or a software or anything like that, I think that you have to, first of all, approach your own money story and identify what is it that you feel about money? Do you feel fearful? Do you feel like you can do all the things? Do you feel like you are afraid? Do you feel like this is, you know, having a lot of money is bad? And all of those things whether you like it or not, definitely affect the way that you handle it, not only in your personal finances, but also in your business finances. If you're afraid or don't know exactly how to spend or how to make more, that's going to reflect in your business and that's going to impact your profit. I think the first point, like the starting point would be that identifying how do you feel about money? What's your money story? And once you know your starting point, where is it that you want to go? Not everybody wants to make $10 million a year. Some people just want to build a very small thing that they can just work a few hours a week and that's fine for them. So identifying where you're starting and then identifying where you want to go, it's going to help you create not only your business plan and how to get there, but in terms of bookkeeping specifically, it's going to help you track your stuff a lot better. If you want the $10 million, you are going to need a bigger, better system. If you need employees, you're going to need something different. If you want to have different locations where you're going to need something different. So identifying that definitely helps to figure out the little steps in the middle. And your other question about like, when would it be a good point to start? I think that the first day that you have your business, it's the perfect moment, especially as a startup. Usually we don't have a lot of capital to start with. You know, don't have all the money in the world to spend. You want to know where your money is going. Usually we're very good at knowing how much money we have coming in, but we don't know exactly where our money is going. And now that a lot of businesses tend to be online, you don't see like 
tangible expenses. Your expenses are, you know, your computer and your desk and your chair and your light. And that's pretty much it. But then your bank is in negative because you spend thousands of dollars on courses online, on marketing, on Canva, (laughs) on all the things that are very helpful and very beneficial, but everything has its time. So I think if you want to start with literally just pen and paper, but that's what you're going to actually use, then start there. The point is to actually get it done. And then once you have a little bit of wiggle room for expense, like a bookkeeper, then bring it on. At that point, most likely you're going to need more time as the business owner to invest it into something else. And you might like to do the whole pen and paper thing and you might be good at it, but that's taking time from you as the business owner. It's taking energy. It's taking mental space. It's taking time from you to, for example, if you want to switch to a a software, you have to take time to learn the software. Otherwise you're going to make things wrong in there and mess things up. So I think that when you are starting to make more money, you have a consistent revenue and you feel like, okay, I need to invest my time in something else, like being the business owner instead of figuring out the math, then that's a good time. I love it. Andrea, this has been such a joy just having you and just getting to know you even more. Thank you so much because you're always just such a joy (laughs) to be around. Thank you so much for sharing your story and all the different tips. And I love just observing and just connecting the dots (laughs) as knowing you as my bookkeeper and just getting to know you as my guest on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. This was awesome. You loved her, right? I tried to tell you. I already knew it. To connect with Andrea, search her up on LinkedIn. I will have the link in the show notes, but just search up Andrea Rotondo 1 on LinkedIn and you will find her. She really posts some awesome information on LinkedIn. It gets you thinking, you learn along the way, and it's just awesome. So go follow her. If you are struggling in organizing your business finances, if you've been feeling that way and you've been feeling overwhelmed, chances are you just need to take a step back. You need to take a step back, breathe, and grab my free daily dinero ritual, which will help you reflect, recharge, and focus so you can simplify what seems overwhelming about your business finances. You can grab it at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. That is jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. Next week, we will meet Leah Landaverde, a millennial who is on fire and wise beyond her years. Let me tell you, really wise. She's like this old soul and she's just so amazing. You're going to enjoy her passion and educating our community on personal finance because she knows a ton at her young age, like I said, wise beyond her years. So that is next week. That is everything. I appreciate you taking time of your busy schedule to tune in today's show. You can check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 295. That's jenhempill.com forward slash 295. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. 
I believe in you, and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.